Hi everyone, it's Coco from Later This Week. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. You know what I would really enjoy? Financial support from listeners like you. Did you know that you can support this podcast and the content we bring to you for as little as 99 cents a month? And that's not a lot of money when you think about it. So just follow the link in any episode description or go to our Instagram at Later This Week and find the link in our bio. We really appreciate you. She's Coco, and he's Fran, and they want to know, how you feeling? Hello, Fran. Hello, Coco. Why does it feel like you and I haven't spoken in a long time? I mean, I know that's not true, but it feels like it's been a long time. No, we haven't. It's been a long time. I haven't spoken to you since yesterday. <laughs> since yesterday. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, it's the holiday season. Yes. Are it you, are you ready for the holidays? I'm always ready. I'm yeah. not, listen, every day is a holiday. Yes, this is true. You can, you can make it a holiday with some drinks and good food. Nation. You and keep talking, company. I'll do back. I'll do the background vocals and you just keep talking. Holiday, <laughs> a celebration come together in every nation. Yes. So it's holiday time, y'all. Yeah. And you know what that means, right? Lots and lots of food. Not only that, but I have a little surprise for you. Oh shit. The holidays, we typically know the holidays as Oprah's favorite things, right? Yes. But did you know that Kris Jenner has her own list called the Christmas list with a K? Okay. So I just want to share with our audience, this is not really my piece of celebrity news, but I kind of wanted to tie it in to the show. Um, so... Chris Jenner has her own list called the Christmas list. Now, here's my favorite part. I read the article and it's like, these are gifts that are between $25 and $128. And I'm like, I didn't see anything on those lists for $25. (laughs) What's the minimum? Um, I'm seeing 50. Okay. But, but, But wait till you hear what's $50 though. Okay. It's, like, it's like come on so anyway here we go um they asked her um what is your best advice for gift giving this holiday season well she says sometimes the best gifts are experiences especially following last year's holidays when most of us were confined to our own homes an excuse to get out of the house and try something new is really the best gift plus you can join in too so then it goes into which makes no sense an experience followed by what's a great gift under $50 that you would recommend. Now, when you think under $50, what are you thinking? What do you mean? Like, like the price tag, 
like if I say to you something's under 50 bucks, now what's a number that comes to your mind? Under 50 bucks? Most people are going to say $49.99. Well, no. I mean, be realistic. If you see a sign in the store and you're not trying to be cute. Okay. You know. Gifts under 50. Between 30 and 40 bucks. Right. That's logical. Yeah. So you were kind of close with your (laughs) $49.99. She is pushing the clean dish kit from Safely. Safely's latest launch, the the dish collection is the perfect gift for the stylish host, new homeowner, or eco-conscious cleaner. This kit is one of my favorites because it looks so good on the countertop. I've never gotten so many compliments on cleaning products. Who's coming over your house during the holidays and like, I love that brush you have. Right? Why are you leaving cleaning products on top of your counter regardless of how good it looks? And like she's cleaning her own house. Exactly. So anyway, so the Safely Clean Dish Kit under $50 is $45. Good deal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Also, what's a gift you received that you get so much use out of? Well, Skims Cozy Knit Robe, because this is Kim Kardashian's line of Skims. Oh, yes. It's the perfect companion for chilly winter evenings, cozy movie nights, and a lazy Sunday morning. Skims are $128. That's the robe. Okay. Now, okay, not to play devil's advocate, but no, no, no. I would pay a good amount of money for a nice plush robe. Absolutely. That's because most times you're naked waiting for it all the time not most times all the time i'm actually naked right now listen fran is getting an eye full my eyes are full (laughs) um so thymes thymes pine needle fraser fur candle if you only had two days to get a gift what are you ordering from amazon prime Thymes Pine Needle Fraser Fur Candle. I love this candle. It's perfect for the holly, ho, holiday season. Yeah, the Hollywood season. The holiday season. Um, and in the meantime, like as you go down, she's like pushing all her daughter's products. You know, she's got like of Kylie course. Skin and, you know, I'm surprised Kanye's album isn't on here. It's like, she's just pushing everything. But what I learned was is that Chris has her own list the Christmas list. And listen, I recommend you looking at her list because I don't think she buys any of this stuff, to be honest with you. I would have had a little more respect if A, she wasn't pushing her daughter's um, products because Lord knows they have enough um, marketing. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they're not hard up on, on, uh, on anything. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and B, I, I wish it was more realistic, like when you were talking about the whole cleaning product thing, like, is she trying to sound relevant or like, or, you know, with the common people, so to speak? It, it just, it doesn't, it just doesn't ring genuine to me, you know? No, I mean, but then does anything they do sound genuine? Of course not. I mean, listen, you get on board with them. You like stuff that they sell. You love stuff that they they represent. Sure, you're buying it, but you just know they're business people. Yeah. They're not people that are 
going to shake your hand and give you a neck massage and make you feel good. They're like, okay, have you paid? Okay, you paid, you're good. Yeah, and I give them Um, credit because they they do that really well. They do, and you know, I don't... I don't necessarily consider myself a fan of the family, but I certainly think that they're doing something. Yeah. You know, like we can look at them as a broad statement across the world of wealthy people, but not all wealthy people do what they do. Yeah. You know, like they're constantly coming up with something and they're working, they're doing what they need to do to get their, their brand out there. And, you know, at the end of the day, if somebody wants to be really famous, and they don't care how they're going to be famous. There you go. Yeah. I hear Done you. Deal. I hear you. Done deal. I know that last year, I think we did talk about some of Oprah's favorite things, but you know, I feel like with Oprah's things, people stand there bated breath for her list to come out. And then they, you have to buy her stuff right away. Oh like, God. Yeah. Yeah. You don't like, as I remember seeing some pajamas that actually were pretty affordable and I was like, Oh, those are really cool. And I literally, the day I found out, I heard her list, I went online and they were sold out already. Yeah. Oh, so, for sure. For sure. I uh, mean, that's, that's the ultimate for any, uh, artisan or, uh, anyone who produces any kind of merchandise, especially if they're not, uh, if it's not like a mass produced type thing, mm-hmm. if, if Oprah, gives them a shout out that's a boon to them it's just it's 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 huge it's huge so um i actually thought about doing like three of my favorite things and just giving them to everybody for the holidays that's such a good idea actually Mm -hmm. and i really love i i do love what what she mentioned chris on her list about the whole concept of experiences rather than material things and that's something that you know chris and i whenever we because every year his his mother asks for a christmas list from us and i remember when we first started seeing each other i that concept was just so foreign to me to ask for things right Mm -hmm. Um, but and it made me super uncomfortable but you know in as the years went on it just made so much sense because and the way we do it is we do we we put a bunch of like joke things that are completely unrealistic but it's just it gives people a laugh and then mm-hmm. some practical things and and whatnot and it's just it's a way to to ensure that you you get something that you know you're going to use you know especially when it's someone coming from someone who doesn't necessarily know you inside out like a partner you know a significant other so to speak um so those those lists really work but the older we get like this year chris and i were like there's nothing that we actually want Mm -hmm. it's more of like things that we need for the house to like update fix things like that so it's like i i could care less uh, on on material objects at this point but I do love the idea of experiences. And that's just something that I've, I've always, I would much rather go on vacation than to buy something and have it sit on my, in my house, you know? Mm. That's just, I would love that more yeah, than anything. I agree, I agree. I mean, you know, I think I would much rather, and people think this is impersonal, but I'd rather people give me gift cards. That too, know? exactly. Like, because here's the thing, say you want to give somebody $50, right? Like you want to spend 50 bucks. I would rather say, 
I'm going to give you $25 for Amazon and $25 for something that you can go eat and consume. Yeah. Like, you know, for me, even with my clients, one of the things I do is I give them um, Starbucks gift cards. Mm. Like, because everybody does them digitally now. They're on their phones. They don't yeah. have like physical. So I buy them. I send them to text message and like, hey, yeah. joy. It's perfect. And especially because of these kids, they're drinking coffee like every single day. Mm. Um, but no, I, I listen, I, I think it's not. And I like things you can use. Yes. If you want to go out and buy me something, make sure it's something that I can use. Like not necessarily something always that I can wear, but like we were showing candles earlier, like some really nice candles, some really nice, um, I don't know. Food is always great. Yeah. Like yeah. something that's like non-perishable, you know, some kind of special cracker or whatever, like that's wine, another, yeah. wine is always a gift. Always. Oh yeah. That's another thing that I love to do um, is bake things for people. I love making like a, a, a gift box of, of treats, whether it's, it's typically mostly sweet, but I, I would do some savory stuff as well. Um, and I just love doing that. I think it just, you know, it's more personal. Yep. You know, and it's also like, you know, I'd be more inclined to eat something that someone made. Mm. Then they gave me like a box of like prepackaged cookies. Yeah. You know, oh, like a, exactly. you send me, especially something you make, because that shit's going to be bananas. Bananas. And if I could spell bananas, I'd spell it. <laughs> mm-hmm. As we both take a sip of our beverage. Oh, we do. We have moment, moment, moment of silence. <laughs> All good. Um, so so we've had some interesting things happen since last time we convened on the show yes you were you were uh hinting at something that happened to you recently and i was very excited to learn more about this um experience so tell us what did what you experience are you referring to um didn't you have a chat with one of our guests Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. I met with Paradise. Mm -hmm. Paradise. But she had offered uh, when she was on the show and she did a reading uh, for the two of us and she offered you a an additional session for free, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. So How did that go? It went really well. Um, Paradise Partlow, who was our uh, spiritual advisor and guest on the show um which i think her real name is lauren a goldenstein but she just she does she look her, like a goldenstein right she has her own her 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 made-up stage name <laughs> um so no she, it was great i mean you know it was like some past life or i was gonna say some past life breast reduction past <laughs> life pa- pa- past life regression and some current you know, something, something, but you know what? It really was, it was like a deep, deep, dark meditation. Mm. We met for almost two hours. Wow. Um, I didn't realize it was that long. Mm-hmm. We started at nine 45. <clears throat> <clears throat> we were supposed to start at nine 30. Oh shit. <laughs> hey, listen, that's, you know? that's your favorite, isn't it? Oh, punctuality is my favorite. Oh, 
Yes. Love it. I love when people are late. Just makes me feel good to be standing there in my coat and my keys in my hands waiting for you. Oh my God. There's no better feeling. Yeah. Well, you're like, should I stand outside? Should I stay inside? Now I have to like take my phone out. They're going to text me when they're here. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, just be on time. So she was, she was late, but anyway, we did have a discussion about it. So my bitching right now is not bitching behind her back. I actually, we had the conversation. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I told her, I was like, you got to pull it together. Um, I'm too old for that shit now. Good for you. Um, But anyway, so yeah, so we had the, and she, you know, she's really good at what she does. She's really passionate about her work. She's really serious and focused and, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I stop asking myself what I'm supposed to feel or what I'm supposed to get from this whole process. Just slowly but surely, I think even, you know, this was a few days ago, it's still kind of unraveling in my head right now. Mm. Like I'm still thinking about a lot of the things we talked about. Was, um, was the main focus about your father and, and your relationship with him and the, the emotions kind of surrounding his passing or was it uh, was it other things well you know that was kind of like the lead-in for her mm-hmm. but to me I was kind of like I'm not the person who's going to go speak to a person like her and say like oh I need all of these questions answered like that wasn't my my feeling my feeling was I want anything that's going to happen let it happen mm-hmm. you know if it's whatever it is, you know, if it's, um, a weird, whatever, like, I don't care. Like, I just was, I was like, let's just see what happens. I I didn't want to be, um, planning it, Hmm. you know, like figuring out like every minute of it, like, Oh, what, what now, what am I supposed to be feeling? What, you know, what am I getting from? No, I just was like, whatever. And, um, there was a lot of interesting things that we talked about, um, I think sometimes when people go into those types of readings, they, they like, they look for a gem, like something that is going to be indicative of, oh my God, how did she know that? Mm. But I mean, that doesn't always happen in a reading. Yeah. No. Um, but she and I, we were on the same page. It was a couple of times where, you know, I don't want to necessarily call it like reading my mind, mm. but it was certainly like there were certain things that I thought of and things that I was seeing and she, you know, cause it's a meditative type of thing. And she is, she is getting from what I'm thinking. She's telling me what I'm thinking. So it's really interesting. I mean, it was an interesting experience. I mean, she is definitely worth the time. God knows she's entertaining as hell. <laughs> she's like, she's a cartoon character. She really is. You know, and then she starts doing the bowl and it's like, oh, yes. And then out of nowhere, she pulled out a maraca and a tambourine. I thought, I swear to God, I thought Fleetwood Mac was in town. I swear (laughs) it was like, you thought you were going to get into a jam session. I was. I mean, she was like, and now I'm going to bring this in. And out of nowhere, it was like, it just came out from under the table. It was like, and ladies and gentlemen, Tina Turner. (laughs) Put your hands together for Miss Stevie Nicks. <laughs> she, um, yeah. And then I, and then she was like, you know, I'm going to call on Jesus Christ. 
I'm going to call on the Prophet Muhammad. Okay. I'm going to call on Ishmael. <laughs> Noah is here with his ark. Wow. You got, uh, you got the full experience. <laughs> she, was like, yeah. she was like, Gita's here. <laughs> she was bringing all kinds of people, you know. Wow. Leah Remini. <laughs> she was there. I mean, you would need to represent every single. All or none. But I swear, she was like, I'm bringing in the Prophet Muhammad. I was like, all right, well, I hope I have enough food. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if it's Ramadan. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) I don't know. I don't have any of those holidays in my calendar. You're lucky I don't have Christmas in my calendar. Damn. (laughs) Um, So so it was a a good experience then overall? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it was woo-woo as hell. Yeah. Woo-woo. Woo woo. It was woo woo. Nice. <laughs> I mean, nice. Um, you know, and I feel like those things, you've got to go in with an open mind. Yeah. Um, and if you're not going to have an open mind, then you just don't engage. That's true. Don't engage. Because honestly, if I couldn't go in there and open my mind and hear what she had to say and take that journey, and I'm telling you, it was a kick ass medita- meditative experience. If I couldn't do that, then I had no business even doing it. Mm. No, no, that makes sense. You do have to have an open mind. You do have to have an open mind when you do something like that, for sure. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll. Um, And to ask you something, um, for those of you who have listened to uh, the episode that you did with your sisters. Yeah, last week's episode. Yep. Um, see, I never say last week's because I don't know where we're going to put these episodes. Like somebody will be like, wait, was that on last week? No, it uh, wasn't. You guys lied. I know when it's going to happen, but f- just so everyone knows, it was the episode called three sisters and it was originally recorded back in October and mm-hmm. we just aired it. Um, uh, and yeah, so when I, when I was listening to the episode while I was editing it, um, there was a conversation that we were having the three of us about how our relationship was when we were younger and how it's developed over time. Um, So for our listeners, just so you know, really, really quickly, I have two younger sisters. Um, My sister Jocelyn is two years younger than me. And my sister's, my sister Linda is nine years younger than me. Mm -hmm. And, um, the focus primarily was between the relationship, um, the relationship between my sister Linda and I, because of that age gap, there was certainly some conflicts and strain with regards to um, her, her behavior or lack of maturity or, or my perceived, um, you know, thought of, of her maturity. Um, and it, it definitely was uh, a, a challenge in our relationship. I was very critical of the things that she did growing up. Um, there was definitely, she got away with a lot of stuff when we were younger. And there was that kind of, I don't know if it was a resentment or, or what, because it just it 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 certainly bothered me that she 
she got away with stuff. And then there was this like attitude that, you know, she could do no wrong almost. Um, so there was this sense of like, I needed to be the, the disciplinarian of sorts. But when I use the word disciplinarian, I'm not like punishing her or anything like that. It's more of like the judgment, the scolding, the, you know, th- those types of emotions. But you're also, but you're also a, a self, self-confessed control freak. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's definitely that aspect to it. So, I mean, Um, that's part of it too, you know, like seeing someone who's younger, who's less knowledgeable, has less experience than you, because those are things you can't argue about. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like someone being immature is subjective, like what we consider immature, but you can say your sister was younger than you. She Mm -hmm. had less experience than you did in life. Yeah. And sometimes you can see a younger person taking a little longer to do something because they're unsure, they're insecure, they're uncertain, they don't have the experience. So you step in and then it seems like you're kind of like the mom figure there. But it's not even observing her doing something incorrectly. It's, it's just being overly critical and judgmental of the actions that she did take that in my opinion, and probably in a lot of people's opinion, we're, we're reckless. And she would even admit to, to, to some of the behavior as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, while, while we were chatting and talking about this, like at the time of the interview, you know, I obviously expressed uh, regret for, for that, you know, for the fact that it put a strain on our our relationship. And it took a long time for us to get to a point where we have the relationship that we have now. And it was a sentiment that I expressed during the interview where I expressed that I wanted to be the type of sister that was non-judgmental or non-critical, you know, that I, she can come to me for anything to share anything with me and not feel like she's afraid to share it because mm-hmm. she worries about judgment, right? And while I was listening to that, it really bothered me because clearly I didn't take my own words to heart because of events that happened recently. And just so our listeners know, back in October, uh, end of October, um, uh, October 28th, I went to my sister's place because she was on the verge of giving birth. (laughs) I got the call saying that she started getting contractions and we had already made arrangements that I was going to spend some time with them leading up to the birth of her child so that I can get accustomed to the routine that they currently have with their first daughter. You know, the, the, the waking up routine, taking to um, daycare, the, the bedtime routine, all of those things so that she's comfortable with me and that there wasn't going to be an issue when they got the call that they were going to the hospital so that she would be in good hands with her aunt, right? Um, so I left on the 28th and just so everyone knows, I was there for 12 days and it was um, interesting. an in- interesting experience, to say the least. Hmm. And it really um, 
it really affected me in the sense that it, I saw the person that I did not want to be to my sister. Mm-hmm. Someone that was so judgmental of the things that she did in life. And she's a grown woman. Mm-hmm. And I was critical about, you know, the, the way she did things with her daughter, the way she, you know, her relationship with her husband. I was critical with so many things and it's so embarrassing that I was like that to her or admitting all of those things. And it's so shameful that I was like that to her. And I, and I caused that, that emotional stress and it's, and it's something that I can't take back. All I could do is move forward and try to be that person that I say I want to be to her, which is a non-judgmental, non-critical sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it just, it really, I was just smacked in the face at how, how awful I was. And it, it and I will preface that my, my criticism wasn't meant to be um, coming from a place of, it wasn't meant to be mean. I, I, I wanted it to, I, 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 most of my suggestions were, I had hoped would be helpful in some way. Yeah. You know, I was trying to impart some kind of you know, knowledge or experience, advice, whatever it was that would somehow help my sister. Um, but clearly, now, did she did she express to you that you were stepping over a line at any point? I mean, she didn't say that I was stepping over any line. She understood where some of her maybe shortcomings were with regards to certain mm-hmm. things. Um, but then there are other things where it's like, it's not a shortcoming. This is just the way she is. And I should accept that. And, you know, regardless of whether they are shortcomings, it's, she's a grown woman who has her own, her own life. She has her own family. She is not a child and I should respect whatever way that she does things, whether I agree with it or not. And, and that's the bottom line. I, I, I think, I think some of the things that I kind of struggled with was, was I obviously see certain things about my sister that I know she, she might want to change or maybe she's hurting in some way. And, and I think that sense of wanting to help kind of kicks into gear, but mm-hmm. sometimes that help is not, or the suggestion is not um, welcomed or necessary, or it's just still deemed as, as very critical. And I just learned through this whole experience. And it's something that I plan on applying to any area of my life that I will not impart any piece of advice unless it is asked. 
Mm. All I can do is be there and, and be supportive in any way that I can. Listen, I agree with you. I mean, I spent most of my life giving people my sound advice or giving them my opinion, even if it wasn't seen as harsh feedback. And then after a while, you get to a point where you're like, and this is why, like, even people knowing what I do, they ask me, they say, okay, well, I know you're a coach. Like, can, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, okay, but I'm going to tell you right now, whether this is a stranger at a party or a friend I've known for a long time, I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to be very honest with you. It may not be what you want to hear. The good news is it might be something you already know, mm. but if you're asking, I'm going to tell you. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't bank on or expect. If you're going to ask for advice, expect honesty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would so, like to think that people are being honest with you, you know? Yeah, they're not. Yeah. Um, I think most people are not. I think most people are passive aggressive and insecure about their feelings and my whole thing about passive aggressive and insecure people is they can't be trusted yeah because they're going to lie to you they're not going to tell you really what they think no exactly i can tell you right now i'm not going to name names but i know a number of people in my life past some in the present that will have conversations with other people Mm. about things they feel about me and it has somehow inevitably come back to me and I hear it. So, yeah. you know, I have huge trust issues, right? Mm-hmm. So I already know that. But the reality is that I'm going to be honest with you. If you ask me, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. I do not believe in unsolicited information. If someone doesn't want it, don't just show up with it. Yeah. You know, it, it, honestly, it's like, I don't, I don't like that. And, and I think it really letting people know when you need to say something, Mm. like when there's something that you're feeling, sometimes I think the best approach is to say like, Hey, I really want to tell you something that's bothering me. And I just, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. Like sometimes like starting it out that way. Yeah. Most people like it that way. I am not one of those people. I like you to just land the plane. <laughs> I don't want to circle the airport for 10 minutes. Well, you know, you're my friend and I love you. And I really have to tell you something. And that's a waste of my time. I just had three birthdays while you were trying to talk to me. About <laughs> I guess I mean, it's hard. I mean, unless they, you know, truly know the type of person that you are or what approach to take with you. I think people err on the side of caution always, you know, they want to, they want it to be a gentle, they want it to be a gentle landing. I'm also going to say this historically, and I say this on the record, people who know me really well, historically know, I form the best relationships with people in my life who are the most honest and willing to give me feedback, even Mm -hmm. if it's shit I don't want to hear. Yeah. Because I trust those people. Yeah. You know, when People stand there and go, but I don't want to ask you because you're mean. I don't want to tell you because you're mean. Like, I get that sometimes. Listen, I'm honest. <laughs> I'm honest. Yeah. You know. And if That's- I'm not ready for the feedback, I'm going to tell you. And like, now's not the time. 
It's funny how people equate honesty with meanness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that shouldn't be, why is being honest considered mean? Well, mean, would be, a... mean would be in how you, you present of course. it. Of course. But there was, there was some quote, there was some quote Nina Simone had said years and years and years ago about how so many of us, and I'm paraphrasing, but she said so many of us confuse passion for anger. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. And it's so true. It's like, there are a lot of people and you know, like even from a cultural perspective, I'm sorry, if you're a wasp, it's hard for you to sit down with an Italian and have some passionate conversation. (laughs) It's just hard. Because when you grew up in white Connecticut and you're only used to like toast (laughs) and not even dark toast like that white bread right right or even organic white oh okay you want to bougie okay Mm -hmm. Okay. right and you know and when they do put the butter on the bread it's barely on it like it's just like a little and it's unsalted butter Mm -hmm. yeah there ain't there ain't no spice (laughs) but when you tell them that I remember years ago, I was doing, we were planning an event for a party and this is a sidetrack. We were planning an event for a party for a theater event. Mm -hmm. And I remember it was me, the artistic director who was Jewish. And then the other director of the theater who was wasp. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's no other way to put it. And the three of us are planning this event. And me and the Jewish artistic director are like, we got to get food. We got to get this. We got to get that. And she's like, the other one's like, you guys are really getting out of hand with all this food. Like, this is really crazy. And we're like, yeah, because there's going to be like a hundred people there. Like, whatever. So then the artistic director turns to me and goes, do you know what a wasp brings to a party? And I said, what? She goes, a chair. (laughs) I love it. It's so true. And I'm like, but that comes from our passion. Yeah, yeah. That is taken from being over the top, being angry, being (laughs) whatever. Like, you know, but, you know, to go back to your story, I think some of the things that resonate with me is giving the advice to your sister when she wants it. Mm. But also my question to you is, did you all have this discussion? It was very difficult because there were there were certain moments, you know, I, I, I will say like it was it's it was a very challenging 12 days because her husband was also on break, you know, anticipating. Mm-hmm. So there weren't a lot of opportunities for us to have those private conversations um, unless her and I went on on walks. And but I was also because those first couple of times where you know, I, I talked to her about things or, you know, questioned why, you know, she did this or they did that or whatever. Like I saw that it was affecting my sister, you know, and, and I, I was also just worried that the constant kind of badgering and I say badgering it, not in a daily or hourly kind of beating this out of her type thing, but it was just it was truly affecting her. And I know that she was stressed about so many things surrounding the whole pregnancy and, you know, the fact that it just wasn't happening, you know, she wasn't 
advancing in any of her contractions or or anything like that and and um you know it was just it was just a very difficult time and you know i there was a moment where we sat down and and i apologized to her about all of about how i was handling every situation mm-hmm. surrounding you know her her life and 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 whatnot and um i i hope that you know she truly believes that i'm being genuine in my in my apology I mean, and you clearly asked her if you could talk about this because i can't imagine you'd be on the air right now talking about this. yes 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 okay. she knows she knows that we're we're so talking our audience knows that yes um and you know somebody sitting in their car right now like <laughs> this asshole no she does know and um i things are better i know there's a lot of work that i need to do with myself um, but I'm committed to being that change, you know, because I, I, I can't say one thing, you know, say that I want to be the sister that they can both come to and with zero judgment and then turn around and do that, the thing that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, I well, there's to- a lot of, there's a lot of, for me, there's different levels of when I go visit people. Mm-hmm. And I go stay with people. There's different levels of this is very different than the way I live, but I'm okay with it. But yeah, then there's yeah. people who it's not just about my ego and like, you're not like me. So I don't like this. There's people who are terribly dysfunctional, mm-hmm. like horribly dysfunctional to the point where it's like, everything just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And that for me is I don't put myself in those positions mm. because I would rather not go than have to go and pretend I'm okay. Yeah. So I choose not to go because if I go, I know myself. Mm. I will not be able to keep it together. Yeah. I'm going to have to leave. Yeah. Like, so I just don't even bother going. Yeah. You know, um, but I was going to bring up this question. Um, you know, what if the shoe was on the other foot? What if your sister had come to visit you and she started to like recognize or, or acknowledge things that she sees you and Chris do in your life that she doesn't approve of, or she doesn't think are working for her? How would you handle that information? Um, I can only say how I felt in the past when someone has mentioned my behavior let's say towards Chris on certain occasions and mm-hmm. and yes I've I do get defensive but then I have and I'm not just saying this you know to make myself sound you know good or you know whatever above anything but I I do sit down and think about and reflect about what that person has observed mm-hmm. you know and and I I do recognize my shortcomings and my flaws mm-hmm. I do um I'm not someone who you know yes I may react you know defensively at first mm-hmm. but I do take the time to reflect on that 
Um, well, now I'm speaking from the voice of our audience because now it's like there's kind of a spoiler alert. What, what, <laughs> what were you acting defensively about? What was the statement? And you don't have to go into detail. It was it was the way I um, treated Chris on occasion. Yeah, well, you have to talk to him like that or he doesn't listen. No, no, I don't. It was, you know. That's how I talk to him. And I do get aggravated at times with, you know, the things that he does or or doesn't do. And I may snap at him. And sometimes I'll, I'll show this frustration in front of people, which I shouldn't. That should be something separate and private. Yeah, of course, of course. But also you know, to your point, if you're doing that in front of me, you know, you can, because you know me a million years, we're like family, but, and I'm not going to judge you because of it. Now, here's the thing at the end of the day, and I'm going to say something nice about Chris. I'm warning you (laughs) at the end of the day, he's a good dude. You know, he really is like, you know, he might do things that are annoying, but then again, we all have annoying shit that we do, you know, but he's a good dude at the end of the day. And I just think, listen, when you've got a history of a relationship, whether it's friends, whether it's whatever, you do get comfortable and you do feel like there's things that you say that you don't mean. Yeah. And think about it. You're living with this person every single day. Being comfortable with, that, comfortable with them is a great thing, but there also can be something that's detrimental because you get so comfortable, you forget to respect the person you're with. And that's the thing. Like I, I need to be careful how I confront him about things and it shouldn't be done in front of other people, you know? No. And also, you know, aside from being in front of other people, figuring out a way that, and, and I'm just speaking, not because I'm trying to slap down some advice because it's something I had to learn and hard lessons learning it is that when you come out of the gate the wrong way, it's counterproductive. Yeah. Because the person's not listening. No, they're exactly. not. They're nodding and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, they, and, and, and they're over you. And they'll shut down as well. And it's like, it's not. Nothing teaches you more about that than having a kid. Because let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. this one over here, this one over here, she will whine and scream about doing her homework. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> I used to be like standing there, like trying to work her out, trying to help her. But then all of a sudden it was like, it took me a few years to figure it out. But I'm like, you know what happens inevitably when I walk away, she ends up doing it. Yeah. It's just me standing there because I'm offering her a sounding board. I'm not going to be her sounding board. Yeah. Like One day she was like, I'm just not going to do my homework. I was like, fine, you'll get in trouble at school. Bye. I'm going upstairs. <laughs> yeah exactly and then i come back down and this is the same and this is my kid oh god this is the same person who's like i'm horrible at this her grades are unbelievable in math yeah like you know what i mean and yeah. i don't worry about it because at the end of the day she's more worried about what the teacher's gonna say than worried about what i'm gonna say exactly sometimes so, you gotta let them yeah work that so work. if you use that same philosophy on the adults in your life it's the same thing. Yeah. Just, oh, well, because sometimes, you know, silence is more powerful. Like 
sometimes, you know, someone can be waiting for you to say something, or mm. I'm not saying this was the case with your sister or even Chris or anybody else we talked about, but sometimes people will say something because they want to hear what you have to say. And they're hoping for some unsolicited information. Sometimes mm. people like to have a debate, but if you don't, if you don't give them that stage, there's no show. Yeah. There's no, no show. Yeah. And sometimes it like, it's hard for me because I'm very extroverted and it's very hard for me to give my advice, but you not give my advice and hold back on it. Mm. But I have found myself like my stress level's better. Yeah. Like, why am I worried about your shit? It's just keeping me back. Yeah, that's so true because it, it, it is a, you, you carry that and it's unnecessary. Like why, why should I care what they, what someone is or isn't doing in their life? Distraction. It is. It's, and you know, I can recognize that same train of thought throughout a lot of areas in my life, you know, when it comes to the way people communicate with me or whatever it is. And it's just so not necessary to carry that baggage, just let it go. And it's so difficult for me, but I'm, I'm trying, I truly am trying not to care as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it starts at home. Yeah. You know, I think what happens is when you have other things you care about, other things you're working on, other things that really you're investing your time in, sometimes you notice just naturally you start to care less and less about other people's problems, mm. you know? And I think a lot of people dive into the drama and get all into the complicated mess because they know it's a great excuse mm. to not do the things they're supposed to be doing. Oh, I didn't get to that because, you know, oh, gosh, Colleen had to talk to me about this thing on the phone and then, uh, and I can use you as an excuse because I had to dive into your drama mm. Then now I'm, I'm being a lazy piece of crap and I'm not doing anything I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know, um, I, guess, I guess with me, it's just, I'm, I'm naturally such a helper. I, I love to help people in any yeah. way that I can. So yeah. it's, it, that's just to me, it's, it's instinctual almost. And whether they ask for it or not, if I see someone in some form of stress, distress, anything, mm -hmm. I want to help them. Of course. But you also have to be careful if they're not asking you for help. Exactly. Because that's the same as advice, because the message it sends to some people is, oh, you don't think I can do this on my own? Yeah, that's where you're treading a fine line for sure. Because I always, I use a very simple, I use a very simple statement with people in my life. If you need me, let me know, because I am not going to reach out to you and bother you. But what no. about, what about individuals who are clearly asking for help in an indirect way? Like there's. Well, those conversations can be had. You know? If you feel, if you sense that someone's asking you for help in an indirect way, you have to be direct by asking them if what you have to decode it for them. Hmm. Because here's my thing. I can't keep chasing you around with a flashlight. Yeah. If I say to you, do you need anything? And they're like, no, I'm good. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you don't need anything? Cause you got to tell me because I'm not going to keep bothering you. 
Yeah. And that moment is where it's speak now or forever hold your peace. Yeah. Because I'm not going to overstep my bounds because you also have to, you also have to protect yourself in a lot of ways because then you become like that, that, you know, overcompensating friend, that person who's, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. It's one thing if it's your birthday and someone shows up to your house and you didn't ask them to come, mm. but they're like surprising you with like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You know, like a bunch of gas station gifts, you know? <laughs> You're so bad. <laughs> you know, when you have that friend that buys you the gas station gifts. Best um, kind. <laughs> they're like on the way to your party and they're like, shit, wait a minute. It's her birthday. I don't have a gift. Oh, well, I got to stop for gas. So I'll just pick up whatever's there. Wow. Yeah, squeegee. I'm going to get you a squeegee. They can help. Windshield wiper fluid. You're like, <laughs> where'd you go? Pack of cigarettes. You don't even smoke. <laughs> Salt for your driveway. <laughs> right. A lottery ticket is always my favorite. <laughs> classic, classic. You can't go yeah. wrong. <laughs> You know? And then like a $14 pair of uh, winter gloves. Cause you know, they always sell like the gloves that are like cheap, but they're really expensive. I have never seen gloves at a gas station. You you must be yeah. going to bougie gas station. The ones that are like part of like a 7-Eleven too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but you go in and you're like, I can get these at the dollar store <laughs> because it's a convenience. They mark everything yeah. up. Snickers bars are like six fifty. you know, yeah. it's like, damn, uh, but anyway, you know, you have to, I think it's about communicating and you know what happens? It, there's a, there's a hypocrisy in communication where some people go, well, they're just not being direct with me. And I just wish they would, because I'm trying to figure out what they're, what they're saying. And I'm like, well, within that statement, you're doing the same thing because mm. you're not asking them. You're not being direct with them. Mm. You know, because I don't like coded shit. I'm too yeah. old. I don't like codes. I don't like people, Morse code and, you know, Braille. I don't want any of that. I need you to tell me. Yeah. Okay? If you don't speak the language, I'll get you Rosetta Stone and you can tell me <laughs> that what would, it is. That would make a great gift. <laughs> <laughs> Getting somebody some bootleg language. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to download Duolingo and try to learn a uh, uh, try to learn German. Listen, I'm gonna speak. Learn... I'm gonna speak to you in Deutsch. Well, you know, as I promised. Uh oh. The month of December brings us many things. Yes, it does. <laughs> it brings us the holidays. <laughs> it also brings us. Something you've been anticipating for quite some time. Bring it. The Sex and the City reboot. Okay. <laughs> I so have just been reading. So you all know, I'm going to put it right on the record because I had this conversation with a friend this weekend. I am not going to watch this because I don't even think I watched the last couple of seasons. And the movies were absolutely horrible. So just cr clarify something for me. The reboot, is it? a series is it a movie what is it is it like a limited series what's what are they doing well limited it starts out limited but then when they see people watch it because you know those women yeah. are still holding on to those manola blonics from early 2000s yeah or dying to see this so i watched this the series and i've watched it 
a couple of times through. I, I didn't, I did enjoy it. Um, I did also regrettably watch the two movies. Horrible. Horrible. Um, I don't believe I will watch the reboot, but who knows, you know? I have a lot of issues with it, but I won't go into it. <clears throat> what I am here to tell you, though, is I don't know if you remember, but many, many, many episodes ago, because we have been around for quite some time. Like, we honestly need to have one of those cakes, you know, when they do on the TV shows, thousandth episode. We should. Yeah, but that's going to be when you come visit, because I'm not doing that on Zoom. That's stupid. Yeah, no, no, no. It's got to be together. Yeah. You know, because I know you, you pretend like you're eating the cake, but you're really not. I and would I so eat that watch. cake. You know, I would eat the shit out of that cake. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. So. Once again, the episodes and episodes ago, we spoke about the timeline of Sex in the City and the feuds, right? Mm, yeah. This is kind of like a recap, but it also talks about a most recent BS. Okay. Mm -hmm. This whole set is cursed, by the way. Anyway, yes. I'm gonna go into this. Kim Cattrall and Jessica Parker, because I'm not calling her her whole name because that's ridiculous. Maybe best friends on screen in Sex in the City, but off screen, they are anything but duh. Because because <laughs> listen, my money's on Kim Cattrall in this one. Yeah. Like Sarah Would Parker. Which is interesting because I was reading an article this morning uh, about Chris Noth. And, That's what uh, I'm getting to. Don't, don't be a spoiler. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. Um, back in 2017 and 2018, Cottrell openly expressed her disdain for Parker. And now, four years later, in an interview with The Guardian, Chris Noth shared his take on Cottrell's description of his shared co-star. Now, I just want to add my own something, something. Mm. This is for all the women listening to the show who may have liked Chris Noth. I have met Chris Noth. Same here. Okay. I spent some time in his presence. Mm. He is a horrid person. Really? He's a horrid person. He is like an over-the-hill Hoboken frat boy. He is disgusting. And I honestly would not put it past him that he has like some Harvey Weinstein capabilities. Oh, child. I said it here. Oh, child. I said it here. And it's just my opinion. I'm going to, and I'm going to go throw in allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. But he is definitely not a nice person. And he does this thing where he calls all women sweetheart, which drives me insane. Mm, yeah. Hey, sweetheart. That's such a that's hey, such sweetheart. a, yeah, that's such a condescending it's way to. Con yes. That's the word I was thinking. Because. I've I've been referred to sweetheart in uh in retail situations and it makes me livid. My whole thing is that I think it's appropriate if we're both naked. Sure. I think that works. For That's me. the caveat. That okay. word can only be used when you're naked. Yep. When someone's holding your canoe, <laughs> they're holding your canoe with regots. <laughs> As a refresher, in an interview with Piers Morgan on Life Stories, Cottrell, who will not be joining her Sex in the City Piers for the HBO Max reboot, which is called, by the way, And Just Like That. And Just Like That. Called her relationship with Parker and the rest of the iconic Manhattan friend group. I don't know why they're iconic. Well, I don't know are. why. 
That's when true. Someone, if you were on a game show and we were not talking about Sex in the City and someone goes, who is the iconic friend group? You'd be like, I don't know, Audrey Hepburn, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like, I, I, that's not the first thing I think of. Iconic friend group. I would sooner think of Jennifer Aniston and those guys. You can't deny that they're not iconic as well. I'm not saying that, but that's not the first example that I would think. Maybe of. it's not the first example, but there they are- wouldn't even be. They wouldn't even be the top ten answers on the board. They wouldn't even make that. Like I'm thinking, like you say, iconic Manhattan friend group. That to me says Friends, the TV show. That's one of them. Yes. Okay. And then it would be Seinfeld, and then it would be Will and Grace, and then <laughs> they wouldn't even make the show. Kristen, so anyway, she called her relationship with this iconic Manhattan friend group, Kristen Davis and Cynthia Nixon, toxic, and said that she has never been friends with them. Mm. Never. Months later in 2018, when Cottrell's brother tragically passed, Parker commented on Cottrell's Instagram post, offering her condolences. Cottrell seemingly did not appreciate the social media support as she took to Instagram to share a post directed at Parker, writing, I don't need your love or support at this tragic time. Listen, it might make her sound like an asshole, but here's the thing. If someone you don't talk to doesn't make a point to get in touch with you on a personal level mm. and instead puts it on social media because yeah. they're a person in the public eye. I think that was her way of showing kindness and getting support from fans. Like, look at how nice she's being. But meanwhile, it's like, you don't have to go public. Send no. the woman some flowers, send her yeah. a card. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't, I, I, I don't agree with. Like if you're going to send condolences, and you know the person, send it privately. I mean, <clears throat> you could certainly had, make a comment on social media as well. If they posted something themselves, you could certainly I guess, do that. I guess, but you know, you don't want to open up that wound publicly. Look, it didn't end well. Yeah. Um, so then she went on to say, you are not my family. You are not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. Mm. Damn, that's a mouthful of teeth. Mm -hmm. Damn it. But Noth, who says he is protective of Parker, says that Cottrell's description of Parker doesn't even come close to the kind of person she is. I have to tell you, I have absolutely no idea what her thinking is or her emotions. I do not... I do know that I'm very close with Sarah and Cottrell's descriptions of her don't even come close. I liked her. I thought she was marvelous in the show and some people move on for their own reasons. I don't know what hers were. I just wished the whole thing had never happened because it was sad and uncomfortable. He continued, I just don't like to see anyone talking down about Sarah Parker because she's a target and people can be nasty. I feel very protective of her and was not happy about that. That's all I have to say about that. Thank God you're done talking. So that's what I would have said. So here's, here's something that I, I think about in this situation. Okay. Now, if, if something genuinely did happen between Kim Cantrell and Sarah Jessica Parker Mm -hmm. that caused this sour, you know, relationship um, that 
that may be, but let's say there are 100, Sarah has a hundred friends and 99 of them say that she is a wonderful person, very kind, blah, 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 blah. And then you have this one person who clearly had a bad experience with them. Something must have transpired for them to feel the way they do have this animosity. Does that mean that across the board, Parker is a terrible person? Yes. Really? I don't know. Listen, all I'm going to say is, is that there isn't one person that says it. Like over the years, there's been plenty of people who've come public who've even worked on the show back in the day Mm. that she's not easy to work with. And okay, but just because someone's not easy to work with doesn't mean that they're a terrible person. You have to, you have to like quantify that. Like what? It's subjective. I mean, if someone you're working with who's a big star is an asshole to you, I think most people in the industry who may even be listening to the show would probably agree that that person made their job miserable. Like I think about horrible bosses I've had. They may not be horrible people, but they were horrible people to me in that moment. Well, that's a little bit more of a, you know, that's a little more information because when I, when I hear not easy to work with, it doesn't, I don't immediately go to horrible boss or, you know, being an asshole like that. doesn't. Well, I think then then we get into a deeper question there, but I think the reality is, is that if someone left a bad taste in your mouth and you didn't like working with them because they did X, Y, Z or whatever they did, Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone's experience is different. I mean, for sure. Um, That's why I'm saying if, if it was just Kim Cattrall, if it was just her experience, that's fine. I, I, you know, I'm not saying that what she experienced is, is wrong. She may have genuinely have had a terrible experience with her for whatever reason, but if that's the, the sole, you know, instance of Sarah Jessica Parker's bad behavior, mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily pass judgment, a blanket, you know, statement saying that she is a horrible person. You know, I mean, listen, I mean, whatever someone feels that someone did to them, I don't know. I wasn't in a bathtub with them. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I don't know what she did or said. Okay. I'm just going to say that in this article, Chris Noth is terribly, terribly transparent in my, in, in a way that maybe he doesn't mean to be, because to me, I'm like, you're just kissing your boss's ass at the end of the day, because essentially she's the boss, like whether you agree or disagree, you know? And my whole thing is, is that I don't know if I necessarily, if I was part of this cast, I don't know if I necessarily would even have to comment on their relationship, you know, unless I thought it was going to benefit me somehow because you're not a part of it. Yeah. You know, like, does it hurt to tell the reporter? I'm really not because you know he does. Yeah, he could. He could have if if he was asked that question by the reporter, he could have just politely said, "Well, it's not my place to say anything." And well, not we, only that, but he says it in his exact comment that he really doesn't know too much about it. Yeah, you know, and it's like, okay, we'll stop there. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, but my whole thing is is that I think they both have been. You know, this is just such. 
I want to call it irony, but not. The show has always been so based on like female camaraderie mm. and women coming together and supporting each other while they all complain that they don't have significant others because they need men in their lives. Let me just yeah, put yeah. that in parentheses, okay? Because yeah. yeah. that has yeah. how the show has always been, right? Yeah. Her chasing men down the street in a tutu holding her shoes. <laughs> like that's her, that's the whole show, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not about women who make a choice because I would write, if I was writing this show, one of those characters would be, and not Samantha, because that was like the excuse. Like everyone was like, oh, Samantha's an independent one, but she still was seeking sex with so many people. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you'd have a character on the show who doesn't necessarily have a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who may want to have a kid on their own mm-hmm. and not need to have a relationship. But every single one of them needs to have a relationship because I think they're the show. And this is just my theory. I know people are going to come for me. (laughs) I believe that they're focusing on a particular generation of women. And the Gen Xers and older Mm. have always been stuck on, especially females. I'm not complete unless I have someone else. Yeah. And I think that those characters, that's why those characters to me were never, I never saw them as strong characters. I never saw them as like, you know, phoenixes. Mm. I never saw them as like these massive, tough characters. Like, to me, it was like about the clothes. And if it wasn't about the clothes, it was about their boyfriends. Yeah. That's it. That was always my impression of it. Yeah. And, you know, when you watch a show like that, you you know what their intention is but it doesn't come through the camaraderie between women and then you see what's happening in real life these two can't even be friends yeah these two can't even never mind friends they can't even work together yeah that's yeah that's the crazy part you know but Kim Cattrall is she I think she's been kind of pictured as like a pariah or or someone who's quote-unquote difficult but at the end of the day, maybe she's the only one who's opening her mouth about things that she experienced. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and sometimes it comes, it comes to money too, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think when we did the timeline the last time, there was something about pay Mm. and how they're pushing back on pay. And is it about money? Yeah, it is about money. Yeah. Because everyone should be treated equally. Like if, Sarah Parker was a man, we'd start having glass ceiling conversations. Yeah. Like, why is she making more money than me? Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like it was an interesting December celebrity news. That's a good one to finish on. You know, it really is. I mean, now I feel like I need to put my tutu on and run down the street looking for a man. I expect photos. I hold my shoes because I don't want to ruin them. Because <laughs> you know those red shoes at the bottom, when you start walking around with them, they get scratched right away. Louboutins. They get, people don't realize that. Those yeah, are like yeah. walking around on the rug. That's yeah, what those yeah. shoes are for. You start walking down the street. It's gone. It's gone. That's it. As soon as it hits cement, it's done. Yep. So, or cement. Cement. So what we learned from this episode was this. Tell us. Um, Coco can be a real bitch to a lot of people. That's number one. 
Number one. Number two, Coco wants a $128 robe that was suggested by Kris Jenner. I always accept gifts. I'm always, uh, you know, willing to accept gifts. Number three, she wants to have our thousand show anniversary cake. We're quite a ways away from that, but maybe we can. No, we're not. We're in like... episodes. There's no way we're not. We're not close to a thousand. I feel like we already did a thousand episodes. I would say we're close to a hundred. <laughs> so why don't we do a hundred? I like that. Yeah, we're gonna have some cake. <laughs> Some chocolate cake. Chocolate. Mm. What did you learn today? Uh, I learned a lot about you. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I just rattled them off. That, I mean, that's that's what I'm always good for, just letting it all out. And I mean, after I read the thing about Sex in the City, I think you're either going to have people who are going to want to see it or people who don't want to see it. If I know that it's like a limited series, like six episodes, I'll watch it. I don't want to get into like a whole multi-seasonal. No, it's good. But they're going to start you off that way. But if it does well, I mean, that's how they start contracts now. They start with like a limited and then it ends up being bigger. Hmm. You know, it's like um, the show that was on Hulu, um, Only Murders in the Building with Steve Martin. And um, and honestly, that's good. That show felt to me, the first season felt like it was not going to go beyond the first season, but because it did so well, I think they were like, yep, we're doing another season. Interesting. All right. All right. So anyway, I am um, also, I think when you did talk about your sister, you forgot to say that she had a healthy, happy baby. Yes, she did. Her name is Penelope. There you go. So <laughs> listen, Nostrovia to your Nostrovia. family. Nostrovia. Nostrovia to your family. <laughs> Huzzah. Huzzah, Nostrovia. <laughs> anyway, y'all, this is what we got. We're going to be bringing you some more tidbits this month. Yes. Going into the new year. You know, we're going to do, we're, we're going to bring you some fresh stuff. Always fresh. Never, never frozen never frozen and if it is frozen we check it for frostbite carve out whatever piece is inedible oh, I heard there was someone who did that i heard there was someone who did that like it was the depression oh this is edible let me eat this. bootleg bootleg <laughs> that is some midwest shit yes uh, all right uh, people all right. i hope you enjoyed what we bring to you and uh, keep on keeping on. Ask yourselves those important questions. How can we improve? And do it. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs>